Hello, friends. Welcome back to Modern Wisdom and welcome to over 1 million downloads. That's right. We made it into the Seven Figures Club. Huge thank you to everybody who's supported us over the last 18 months. So it's only been going since January 2018 and it feels so good to hit that 1 million figure. On to today's guest. What better of a way to celebrate hitting a million downloads than with Douglas Murray? International best-selling author of The Strange Death of Europe and his new book, The Madness of Crowds, is absolutely sublime. A lot of sense-making around some really contentious topics. I mean, the, the four chapters in the book are gay, women, race, and trans, which <laughs> kind of tells you everything that you need to know about what you're in for today. It's really fitting that this episode with Douglas marks the breaking of one million downloads because it absolutely reminded me why I love doing this podcast. You know, it's not a huge team. It's me and Video Guy Dean putting out two episodes every Monday and every Thursday with people like Ben Greenfield or James Altucher, Aubrey Marcus or Scott Barry Kaufman. It's a, a big project that is unrelenting in its workload. And having conversations like this with Douglas just make it so worthwhile. I genuinely would do this podcast even if no one was listening, but increasingly it seems like more and more people are. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you are not subscribed, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. You will get one episode every Monday and every Thursday with the most interesting humans on the planet delivered directly into your listening device of choice. All right, quick maths. The less that your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money that you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce the costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you are improving efficiency by bringing all your business processes into one platform. Over 37 thousand companies have already made the move so do the maths and see how you will profit with NetSuite. Back by popular demand NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com modern right now. That's netsuite.com modern. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've worn Whoop for over four years now, since way before they were a partner on the show, and it is the only wearable I have ever stuck with because it's the best. It is so innocuous, you do not remember that you've got it on, and yet it tracks absolutely everything 24-7 via something from your wrist. It tracks your heart rate, it tracks your sleep, your recovery, all of your workouts, your resting heart rate, your heart rate variability, how much you're breathing throughout the night. It puts all of this into an app and spits out very simple, easy to understand, and fantastic fantastically usable data. It's phenomenal. I am a massive, massive fan of Whoop, and that is why it's the only wearable that I've ever stuck with. You can join for free, pay nothing for the brand new Whoop 4.0 strap, plus you get your first month for free, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you can buy it for free, try it for free, and if you do not like it, after 29 days, they will give you your money back. Head to join.whoop.com slash modernwisdom. That's join.whoop.com slash modern wisdom. This episode is brought to you by 
AG1. AG1 is a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Even with the best diet in the world, it is hard to make sure that you get everything that you need. And through a science-driven formulation, vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced nutrients, AG1 delivers comprehensive support for the brain, gut, and immune system. This is why Joe Rogan and Lex Friedman and Dr. Andrew Huberman and Tim Ferriss are all massive fans. They have tried every other product out there like I have, and this is by far the best one available. Since 2010, AG1 have improved the formula 52 times in the pursuit of making the best foundational nutrition supplement possible through high quality ingredients and rigorous standards. Also, there's a 90-day money-back guarantee, so you can buy it and try it for 89 days, and if you don't like it, they'll just give you your money back. Head to drinkag1.com slash modernwisdom for that 90-day money-back guarantee, a year's free supply, vitamin D, five free travel packs, and more. That's drinkag1.com slash modernwisdom. But for now, it's time for the wise and wonderful Douglas Murray. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am joined by Douglas Murray, author of The Madness of Crowds and best-selling author of The Strange Death of Europe. Douglas, welcome to the show. It's been a great pleasure to join you so far. <laughs> We've had a couple of uh, a couple of technical issues, but got through them fine. Um, and now we get on to the real issues. First things first, Madness of Crowds, your new book, four chapters, women, gay, race, and trans. Each one of those is a nuclear warhead ready <laughs> to go off underneath my foot. Um, how how are we going to be able to navigate this conversation? And how also did you navigate this uh, without getting blown up? Well, um, it, I, I don't know. I mean, I've survived so far. The book's been, been out a fortnight. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. Um, Look, my, my my view is is that we, we we've become in our societies really bad at having conversations, and we've become very bad at thinking because we can't think out loud, or at least the price of thinking out loud has become potential total career and life destruction. So when people wonder why people don't do it, it's it's not hard to find the reason. Um, I think that for some re- uh, some reason in recent years, I noticed that these four issues in particular, there are others, but these four issues in particular were the ones which people just kept on, uh, you know, the moment they nicked the tripwire, they were just detonated. And uh, I just found that really interesting also because I think all four issues are unbelievably interesting and, and actually significant. I mean, have significant uh, um, effects on people's lives and on our societies. So my view is that uh, um, we've got this strange position in our societies at the moment where the only people who can sort of speak or think out loud are people who don't have any hierarchy above them that's the vulnerable to crowd stampedes and mobs and so on. So those of us who can think aloud, whether we're right or wrong, I don't know, but uh sort of have a disproportionate duty to talk and think and write and so i decided just to take each of the absolute nuclear bomb issues head on and just go jumping on in <laughs> yeah you certainly did were there any i was going to ask you this at the end but i'm going to ask you now um were there any chapters that you could have considered adding 
that you didn't? That's a, that's a very good question. There are there are two that I could have done that I didn't. Okay. One one was green. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, I have been been becoming more and more interested in, um, and I think that there's whatever people's views about the about the nature of climate change and the best way to deal with it and so on. It's it's clear there is at this point an element of um, crowd mentality that's kicking in. Um, and I suppose the other one that was that what I could have done, I thought about doing, uh, but decided to put off to another day was mental health, because I think that mental health in general is a fascinating, fascinating issue. It's, it's come very fast into the mainstream. And I think that's sort of, you know, good in all sorts of ways. But there are lots of issues around mental health that I'm very skeptical about. Not that, you know, we don't need to get into all of them, but uh, I, I don't entirely share a lot of the presumptions of the age. And I think that it basically it has some of the same attributes of the things I'm discussing here is that you get onto the thing and you don't know where to correct or it becomes almost impossible to say stop at any point. And I tell you, I mean, with the mental health one, just not bang on, but one of the ones I noticed a few years ago was that there were certain mental illnesses that people clearly wanted to have and well, ones I'm... they didn't. Well, okay, sorry. Are you just inviting me to jump into hey, an entirely hey. new atomic bomb? But I will. here we go. Let's do so, it. I noticed, for instance, speaking to doctor friends and everyone, that bipolar, this isn't to say that there aren't people who are bipolar, but that it was a good thing some people thought to have diagnosed similar to ocd right and the, and what's striking to me is that there are mental health afflictions that are just definitely not the ones that people would want and they are underdiagnosed by comparison so schizophrenia like nobody thinks it's cool to be schizophrenic <laughs> and like whereas on a date somebody saying and i you know have bipolar issues it's not that everyone loves that but there'll be some people who'll be like you know that's whereas if you say and by the way i, I should tell you i'm i'm a, a schizophrenic mm. it has a different it's the branding rate. right it's it's people talk about i'm ocd but i'm really only ocd in the kitchen you know like, right. <laughs> right right and also okay. the general okay. thing of i've got mental health as if as if that's some kind of calling card yeah uh anyhow so uh, yeah, I, I could have done that, but I, I decided to put that off to another day. Um, and there's just there's an entire book just on that. But yeah, for sure. But I decided I decided that the four I'd thought about most and the four I had been digging into most were yeah were gay uh, women specifically relations between sexes, uh, race and trans. And in a way, the last one of those was was the most interesting for me because it's the one that we've been thinking about for the least amount of time. Mm -hmm. And therefore, which I would argue we have run furthest and worst uh, without having much questioning, actually. Removed from um, reality the most, would you say? Yeah, well, just that things get sort of waved by in the general discourse, which I, I don't think I necessarily buy. And, and, and uh, I mean, the one that's come up in recent days, again, thank, thanks to Sam Smith, has been non-binary. And I... I just I don't think there's any such thing, and um, and and it, on that occasion, it's it's not for me to prove that there isn't. It's for people who say they are non-binary to prove to me that tell or no, just to tell me what it is, and they can't. They don't. They just say shut up, bigot, and well, I'm not interested in that mode of discourse. So, 
regardless of whether you think that argument does or doesn't have credence, it shouldn't be news. I think everyone should be able to agree. Like, that was so all over my Twitter that I just logged out for the rest of the evening. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It, it is not a story. Yeah, well, um, the news websites are partly responsible for a lot of this. There, there's a there's a feeling I explain, as you know, in the madness of crowds, where I, I say there's sometimes when you feel the news isn't the news. It's about something else. It's some kind of re-education program. I notice this because I happen to be gay. Uh, I can probably say this where some heterosexuals saying it might not sound so good. But there are days when I wonder, how does it feel like to read the news if you're heterosexual? Because um, there's so much about the gay thing. I mean, there was a, a very, very minor celebrity who had married his boyfriend. And it was front page news on the BBC website. He's a guy of such little consequence that, I mean, he's not even a well-known reality TV star. And it was like, why are you telling us about it? Other than to say gay wedding, gay wedding, gay wedding. Mm. And and that sort of stuff worries me because I think, well, that's there's stuff like that which I regard as being what I call the the possible overcorrections, where to make up for something that was wrong in the past, i.e. homophobia, you overcorrect. And I think that's happening in a lot of the cases I write about in this book, a lot of the subjects I write about in this book. And I'm really interested in it because then the question is, if you've overcorrected, how would you know and how would you stop and how would you get back to equal? Which is pretty much all I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah, it's you are right. Some of the examples that you use in the book, like in the business section of the New York Times, yeah. Japanese, the, the Japanese is a cultural approach to gay gay people yeah. in the in the workplace yeah, the, main, the main the, the first two pages of the business section in the new york times are about a gay businessman in japan who came out and it wasn't a problem because they're not all that homophobic in the japanese workplace okay that is the definition i know from being a journalist myself that is the definition definition of a non-story <laughs> something happened in another country and nothing happened as a consequence <laughs> It's like, that's not news. That's the opposite of news. Have you heard? We've got a Canadian who doesn't like cats. Oh, anything happened? No. No, cats were fine about it, and now yeah. everyone's got on with their day. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's bizarre. That I don't really know. I, I don't really know sort of where to go with that. You are right, though. The, the fact is overcorrection, that we're mm. potentially moving towards a, a, a situation where gay stories are being shoehorned into the press. Yeah, that's one, right. of the, one of the things that that instantly does is it downregulates the virtue or the integrity of any ach- real achievements which are made by people that are gay. Right. The same the same thing as calling everyone a Nazi. It's like if you yeah, call yeah. everyone a Nazi it loses its power. The same thing uh, is if 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 a, yeah. if a gay if a gay person in Japan being gay is worthy of being in the news, then what happens when something really newsworthy happens? It's right. like, oh well whatever mate. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's like the thing of first woman or first ex of race in a particular role. Yeah. There are definitely times when it makes sense, but there are times when, you know, it's uh, I say I say so the women chapter. So um there are times in recent years when you wouldn't have thought that, for instance, in Britain we lived in a country with a female head of state, a female prime minister uh, female heads of the Supreme Court and, and so on, and, and just you'd thought we lived in some Margaret Atwood novel judging by the way in which it's being written about, and you, you sort of, yeah, it's not like, we have women inside, we know that like, what are you doing, other than 
at some level in the media, and I show how the tech companies have done this too, in some way, sort of correcting the public, yes, telling us, or or te or saying, this is another way of looking at it, saying, I dare you, mm -hmm. I dare you to mind. Yeah. The sort of Greta Thunberg phenomenon as well. It's like, I dare you, go on. Mm. Go yeah, on, criticize it's... a 16-year-old autistic kid, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Um, it's like uh, in volleyball, the this whatever it's called, that one before they come in and they hit it, it's the little throw up in the air right. that's like, look, do you want to have a go at that? Do you right. want to have a go? And it's like, okay, we'll make this even less newsworthy. Do you want to yeah. have a go at that? Because and, if you do, and, yes. I'm immediately going to be able to say, you fucking bigot, not yes. I wrote a shite story. And as it happens, the only people in the world who jump up and hit that ball are all mates of mine. Uh <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They're, they're the whatever, like the striker or whatever you're having volleyball. Yeah. There'll be some volleyball people listening who are tearing the hair out because how little we know about volleyball. Yeah, I'm um, absolutely winging this. Fine, uh, totally. The limit of my knowledge. Yeah, yeah, absolute sort <laughs> of uh, uh, domain of competence. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was going to wait for this as well, but I've wanted to ask this this question as well since reading the book. Piers Morgan, right, gets gets brought up a few times throughout the book. Is it coincidental or does he just happen to embroil himself in these situations a lot? What the fuck's going on with Piers Morgan? Um, that's a very interesting point. I actually saw <laughs> Piers Morgan this morning because I was Did doing you? his morning show. Piers Morgan. And he, uh, his wife wrote a very nice column mentioning my book the other day and I thought, okay, she's read it. I wonder if he has because, yes, the references to him are not that obliging. <laughs> no, 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 no. And... Uh, unfortunately, this morning I went with a copy of the book, and at the end of the show, just we finished recording, uh, Piers said, uh, "Is that one going spare, Douglas?" I said, uh, "Yeah, go, can I have it?" I said, "Yeah, no, of course." And I thought, "Oh, maybe I should have taken that page out." But no, <laughs> the, <laughs> I didn't really. No, but he, um, yeah, he, it, it is actually coincidence in a way because, I mean, he's obviously whether one agrees or disagrees or likes or dislikes or whatever. I mean, he's definitely one of those characters who throws himself into things. In his case, we're just you know, glee. But it does mean sometimes that pe people like that are sometimes there at interesting cultural turning point moments. And I think to the two times he comes up in the book, I don't want anyone viewing this to think this is like a biography of Piers Morgan. It's, no, it's, I can, I can but, assure them but, that know, it but, definitely isn't. No, yeah. But the two times he comes up, uh, um, it's because, yeah, he's sort of, he's thrown himself right into the middle of a culture war and something happened as a consequence. And, and, it is interesting. There are figures, sort of slight lightning rods for good and ill, who you notice, yeah, crop up. Um, but I, I, I'm um, one of the things I'm proud of about this book is that I try to do everything from looking at the philosophy and deep ideas that cause some of the things we're going through, right up to you know what happened on the View or Good Morning Britain yesterday, because it's quite easy for people who love books, as, as I do, to think books create the world or you know massively influence the world. They, they do have an influence but so does television so does pop music so does so does rap so does like, twitter twitter and and really the the interesting challenge which i hope i i, I managed to rise uh, to the occasion of uh was to try to encompass all of that say you know this is the era we are in and this is the madness we are going through and to do that on everything from the level of the deep, deep ideas all the way through to these television events, for instance, which have a massive impact on the culture. You know, if somebody is destroyed live on air, mm -hmm. 
for not saying the thing that nobody said till yesterday. Everyone learns. Everyone learns. You're right. It's the BuzzFeed's 15-second clip, Piers Morgan destroys homophobic bigots live yeah, on yeah. air. Um, yeah. There was a, a, a guy who was doing gay conversion therapy is one of the That's examples right. in the book. Um, and one of the things that I thought was very interesting, you have this quite balanced view. You went to go and see his particular film and Piers Morgan had annihilated this guy live on air. Yeah. But this particular individual wasn't working with anyone who didn't come to him, wasn't no. saying that it was, he wasn't making a value yeah. judgment on gay or not gay. He was simply That's offering right. people a service for that, that wanted to become straight. And yeah. You're totally right. This that was the little ball in the air, and Piers Morgan just came in and hit the bigot button yeah. immediately. That's right. And I actually I felt sorry for the guy in question. I mean, I I I, I, I caveat this a lot, and I say like in a different era, if he'd have had more power, I wouldn't have liked to have necessarily had him in any kind of control. This guy, but if um, look, I mean, if you live in a free and liberal society, then you know what's goose for the what's it what source of the goose is source of the gander or whatever it is, um. You can't just change one set of demands of a society and then just demand a new set. And you've got to express tolerance even to very, you know, things you disagree with a lot. And I say that as long as, as, long as it, that, 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 that group, I don't like what they do, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that, that I, I want to look at their ideas, I want to weigh it up, and I can come to my own conclusions. But yes, I'm very suspicious of this thing where people just are brought on air to be shouted at and told they're bigots and then waved off into the distance. Why, why uh, do we need to be tolerant of other people's views? Why do well, we? the, main, the main reasons are, the classical reasons for it, that certainly in the tradition of English liberty, is, is, which is sort of the one that became the, the idea in America as well, is that um, you need to hear other views. In fact, you, you specifically need to hear the, the views which are the minority views because first basically the first reason is that you might be wrong and if you are wrong you want to have access to the correction to your error um and even if you're not completely wrong you might be wrong in part which i mean my own experience in life is that that's happened quite often i i've, I've had a presumption and and, and quite often by the, that that whole process it, it's inevitable we don't like to do it because it's it's more work to to correct your opinion when you're wrong. I mean, there's been fascinating studies. There was a fascinating study at Harvard that Cass Sunstein and others did a few years ago that showed that, you know, we might think that when somebody's wrong, it literally has the wrong view. There's just a fact they are wrong about, mm -hmm. and they meet the correction to the view. We might think, we tend to think, that, that you would just say, oh, I, I see, I didn't, didn't realize I was wrong. But as anyone who's had a boyfriend or a girlfriend for a long time will know, often it doesn't work like that. Um, <laughs> they dig their heels in even harder. You don't immediately say, darling, I, God, I absolutely see your point. Thank you. Yep. You know, you, so, and actually the, the, the studies show that people double down on their error. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, my point is, is that that's the first reason. You might be wrong and you should correct it if, if you are actually wrong. It's for your own good as well as the good of society that you, that you don't go around in error. But the second reason, actually, the second broad reason, which is really interesting, is, is that, even if you're you're not in error and the other person is being reminded of it helps you re keep your own knowledge of why you're you're in the right right mm -hmm. 
So it's like a uh, sharp, like a knife sharpening. Uh, well, we're not allowed to use metaphors anymore, are we? But 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 uh, so scrap that. That's obviously an incitement to kill or something. But but anyhow, but 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 it, it's it's a way to keep our brains honed to to know that we don't slip into dogma. That's what John Stuart Mill said about it. That we we avoid slipping into dogma. Uh, and the, the reason why it's worth not slipping into dogma is just that you end up becoming lazy and unable to defend things you really need to defend. Mm-hmm. And I think our society is, if I say this, and I quote G.K. Chesterton as well as Nicki Minaj in the epigraph, to say um, to say that our, our era is, I mean, is filled with dogmas. And we pretend it isn't, but it really is. I mean, there's a lot of dogmas in our society. One of the things that you bring up right at the beginning is that you say that the grand narratives that we used to uh, identify with, the the root cause of this crowd derangement is the mm. collapse of all of our grand narratives. Yes. Why, why has that enabled this this broader situation that we're seeing in front of us? Because this crosses all of the, it's enabled the gay, the trans, the, the, the race discussions to yeah. be so sort of visceral. So my, my feeling is that we, uh, look, Something incredibly deep has happened underneath our societies, which we're in, if not in denial about, we don't face up to, which is we're we're living at a stage where we might be among the first people in human history to have absolutely no explanation for what we're doing here. And no story to tell about what we should do. Other than... I know there are narratives, they're pretty weak ones. I know, accumulate as much money as you can and enjoy yourself. There's one. <laughs> Gain some Twitter followers. Yeah, it's it's not the worst idea in human history, but it's a it's a fairly shallow one. Uh as I say, I mean this this paucity of ideas and I say it's uh, it's obviously the consequence of the collapse of religion, which is pretty much an irreversible issue now and the collapse of organized religion, the collapse of all major political ideologies in the 20th century, other than the, the present structure, which is a, you know, probably a liberal state of the capitalist economy. Uh, and I think that in the last 10 years, basically in the wake of the 2008 financial crash, a lot of confidence, self-confidence was lost in capitalism, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a disaster in all sorts of ways because it's... Um, uh, you know, as like Churchill famous said of de- said famously said about democracy, it's the worst system apart from all of the others, and uh, and we've so we're in this strange position where we've really run out of things to believe in, and we sort of pretend that well, just find your own meaning in the world, and that's one of the reasons why, as I say, I mean, I think that it's very understandable that people then get caught up in in new uh, uh, ideologies of this. And my view is that the social justice movement, intersectionality, all this stuff, is a version of, uh, it's, a, it's a way to give life meaning. And the problem with it, among other things, is that all of these things, equal rights for women, equal rights for sexual minorities, equal rights for racial minorities, and so on, are very good things and they are the products of liberal rights but we've tried to instead of being the products of them it's like we've flipped the whole bar stool around and trying to sit on the products of the right and it 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 doesn't support itself because as i as i show in each chapter each of these not only are each of these things gay relations between sexes race and trans not only are they going against each other in very interesting ways uh trans against women trans against gay and so on but 
but they each in themselves are more unstable than we're willing to admit. So, for instance, we still don't know very much about being gay. We don't know quite what causes it. And there's been this study that's just come out since my book came out, which sort of vindicates what I say, which is that it's a bit more it's a bit more complex than we than we, we pretend. Relations between the sexes uh, and our attitudes as a society towards women in particular are very contradictory and we pretend they're not. So we pretend that women are simultaneously exactly the same as men and magically better on occasion. <laughs> and we just decided to hold that idea. And with race, we are very, very unsure for good reasons for good reasons because who wants to open that up really well a lot of people it turns out but i explain why i think that's going to be risky and then you have the trans one and that's just really really uncertain and really really uh, uh not something we know enough about or say not as much as we're pretending and and so i'm just sort of saying let's lean on all of these things a little less Let's not make everything about these identity issues. Let's let's try not to lean as much as we are on them and try to get back to what I thought was the aim, which was equal, not better, equal, and focusing on the content of people's character. You make a, a, an analogy between Martin Luther King and his the content of yeah. someone's character, not the colour of their skin, which... Yeah has that if there was a bar stool analogy to be used it's that now right that it right. is all about the color of someone's skin yeah and yeah. then on top of that uh are they gay and yeah, are, yeah, they, yeah. are they did they used to be a man and then yeah, yeah, yeah. how many more of these can we layer on top that's how right. the bar stool's been flipped right yeah and i uh i think this is just all profoundly dangerous it's Why? profoundly dangerous well because first of all just because somebody is of a particular group does not mean they're right or indeed, it doesn't always, by any means, if if ever, mean that they have a particular right to be heard. It's true that you wouldn't want a conversation between 100 people about women and none of them to be women. It would be, although the Catholic Church has tried that. <laughs> amount. But uh, more than 100. You get right. but, but generally speaking, we recognize that, 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 that people do bring contributions. Around. We're just not entirely sure what and what the... Uh, what the particular mix is it's needed but nevertheless there isn't a particular virtue you bring by being of a characteristic uh, there's a very brilliant young um, american writer who happens to be black called coleman hughes who who mentioned this in a, an essay a little while ago and i quote him in the introduction that he said that when he was at university quite re very recently i think maybe he still is in america some of his contemporaries treated him as if he had a special moral insight from being black well, I think some black people obviously will have special moral insights, just like people of all sorts of backgrounds and skin colors will. But but just being black in itself doesn't doesn't bring that uh, in the same way that we all know. I mean, just because you're a man or just because you're a woman does not mean you have a magical virtue or insight. There will be things you notice and there'll be things you can see. And but but that sort of it's that all depends on the individual. It's like if you said. I just think that women are so clever. What's up? You say, what? what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? It's like saying, I think men are all clever. Like, what are we talking about? There's just, there's individuals. You can point you to plenty of brilliant women. I can point you to plenty of brilliant men. And 
plenty of brilliant black people as well as plenty of brilliant white people. But why would you be doing these categories? Uh, what do you think they bring? Mm. And I, th I think in each of them, it's very strange. It's almost like we, in, in, in the course of my lifetime, actually, I've only just turned 40, but in the course of my lifetime, we've, it's almost as if on these things, we've gone past equal and overcorrected slightly. Mm -hmm. As if, because men, and particularly white men, have had, you know, uh, uh, certain advantages, I think there's a lot to dispute in that interpretation, but that for a bit we'll be mean to them. Like we'll make white people feel a bit of the racism that some of them have expressed in the past to other people mm -hmm. in order to make up for the past. This compensatory um, mechanism. To compensate. And... um if it's the same thing with it's not enough that women are equal we should also punish men a bit and on each of these i think well there are a set of questions aren't there how would you know when you've overcorrected who would announce it what would the signs be and how would you get back to equal and are you sure you could are you absolutely sure you would know how to orient yourself it, I mean, there being by that point, among others, careers and jobs and pensions mm. of people who are very happy with the overcorrection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, a, a quote from your uh, interview with Candace Owens, where one of you says that um, after a while, when I think she's referring to black people, and she says after a while, being treated as special as black makes being treated normal feel like a, a being undervalued. Right. <clears throat> I had a... Um... I had an Irish immigrant uh, friend uh, who one of my best friends died some years ago who you had a beautiful phrase on this. He's, he used to say uh, about integration, uh, he used to say uh, the moment when you're integrated really into a society is not when you get anything special or anything extra or anything more. The moment when you're really integrated is when you rise, you just have to put up with the same shit the rest of us have to put up with. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But it's indifference, isn't it? It's the same thing as we do yeah. a we do a relationship series and we were talking about how to get over someone. And I was saying right. that the ultimate ultimate conclusion to a relationship and any residual feelings for your ex isn't hatred or resentment, it's indifference. It's seeing them in the street right. and feeling nothing. Uh, that you know that that to me is completing it some people may be able to actually continue on with nice memories of their ex but that indifference that again you're seen just judged on the basis of your character so i want to i want to jump onto the women thing because the Nicki Nicki minaj quotes throughout just had me like, I, I absolutely loved that but before we did that i only realized upon reading this book because i haven't looked that much into lgbt recent history when did gay rights get like amalgamated in with lgbt and does that yeah it, is there a i don't know whether you know you're not you're not exactly like tip of the spear of like the gay movement or whatever it doesn't not, no. not that you're the representative but i wonder <laughs> i wonder how gay people feel about having to have their mm. uh, movement adopted amongst this broader group of people because it used to be gay rights and i remember yeah. 31 i remember when it was gay rights right i don't remember when it became lgbt uh, well, uh, it's uh, the brief history as what um, uh, um, Dave Chappelle refers to as the alphabet people in his recent show um, uh, is he's actually he's, he has a very good summary of what I part of what I say in the gay chapter. Basically, the gays 
uh, and the lesbians got together and they didn't have much in common other than the fight for uh, uh, um, lesbian and gay other rights. Other than the fact that none of them were interested in each other. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a really... <laughs> I love the sort of presentation of the LGBT community as if, like, the gays and the lesbians never meet. They have nothing, <laughs> nothing to say to each other. And in my opinion, my experience, the lesbians all find the gays ridiculous because they think they're essentially um, sort of silly and obsessed with sex and lots more. And the gays think the lesbians are kind of dowdy and boring. <laughs> and that's the... I'm not saying this is my view, of course. I know. I, just, I, love, I, love the, I love the interplay of the politics. It's great. So anyway, but the point is, is that no one ever talks about this, but basically the, L, the L's and the G's didn't get on at all, really, ever, and had, they had nothing in common. And then the B's came along, and, the, and the, nobody quite believed the B's existed. And <laughs> I think there's still a lot of doubt about that. Okay, actually. yeah. Um, or to put it another way, most most men who say they're bisexual, women don't then... No, women, women almost never cool with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the gays think that's just somebody who hasn't made their mind up yet. Mm-hmm. And we, whether that's right or wrong, I, I'm now going to be accused of biphobia and all my other many, many crimes. But anyhow, and then, then, the, then the T's come along who have absolutely nothing in common, apart from also some suspicion from wider society. And the T's morphs in the space of a few decades from dressing up as some of the clothing of the opposite sex to full-on sex changes. And this happens incredibly fast now to this position where people say there are people who are born transsexual, which is, as I say in the trans chapter, it's, just, it's all really fascinating, but it's by no means as clear as that. Um, but by the way, I also say that the T's run against the L's and the G's. And that's, that's just overwhelming. Well, now if a child is diagnosed with gender dysphoria, which is a really troubling whole business this um 80 of children diagnosed as having so-called gender dysphoria will grow up not to have it i.e they will grow up to be straight or gay and a lot of gay men and women look at that and they think whoa that could have happened to my younger self mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. a sort of tomboyish lesbian might have been told actually you're a boy and we're going to give you hormone uh, therapies and uh, block your puberty. And then you can have an experiment, you know, medically on you in a bit later. And then, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, that is really, there's like a lot of. In, totally in, right. Uh, there's it's a lot of tension. there. Pushing people towards the extremes. I brought this up with Zuby that I, I don't, I don't remember the last time I heard tomboys. Like there's no, no but, such thing as a butch girl anymore uh, or like a girl that likes to do sports. Yeah, there's yeah. A, a future boy trapped inside of a girl's body, and 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 one of the strange things you see, one of the strange things, I mean, like LGBT, that's a bloody minefield. I mean, as I said, that's just one great big contradiction there. Um, but it's much worse when you see what the T does to the women, because women have spent decades fighting not to be judged according to male standards, among other things, mm-hmm. and then when trans comes along people who were born men say they're women and quite often do a lot of things and approximate women in a way that is highly offensive to women highly offensive to women for instance uh, i give an example in the book of well the, the, what one second wave feminist in britain described as you know the assumption that a woman's natural body shape is that of a sort of brazilian transsexual you know all all big breasts and sort of <laughs> 
porny and you know and, and all that and a lot of women are like that's exactly the kind of sexual objectification of by men of women that we were trying to get away from yeah um and so anyhow the, the, all of this the point is all of this is just a bloody great big mess it's much messier than everyone pretends they're like oh all of this interlocks and if we can tackle trans rights we can also address women's rights go no they might go like that like that and just keep happening like that there was a there was an event the other day in the uk there was a meeting of uh, feminists uh, uh british feminists and they were barracked by trans activists outside and the police were, were protecting the trans activists and these people who were men until quite recently are banging on the windows intimidating the women inside and it's like <laughs> trans rights yeah i was like what in what other situation are the men allowed to intimidate the women <coughs> other than if the men say they're now women when they wear heels that's when they wear heels. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. when they're allowed. Unless they take them off and then start using them as a yeah. weapon. The, it, it, this, is like, this is really messy. And everything in our day says all of these things are linked and it's really straightforward. And I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm kind of pissing on that party in this book, mm-hmm. among other things. There's, like, a number, just... there's a number of parties getting pissed on in the book. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, I want to move on. I want to move on to Nicki Minaj just because... She fa- she just first off she fascinates me. Second, she appears a number of times in the book. But <clears throat> you have this beautiful this beautiful quote, which I think's hit on something that I've seen and not known what it was. Uh, Women can be as sexual as they like, but they cannot be sexualized. And heaven help any man who responds. Yeah. Um, could you just take us through that little the Nicki Minaj video thing that happens before? Because it's <laughs> it it absolutely strikes at the heart of mm. what I've felt as a you know a young single man for quite a mm. while. Yeah, I, I um I'm really interested in these things in our age which are basically impossible demands. Um the most obvious one is that I write about is the, the insistence that there's there's this insistence that goes, you have to understand me, and simultaneously says, You will never understand me. The same person can do both of those all the time. And we have that everywhere in our society. Now, there are other things of just impossible demands. For instance, uh, I say at one point, I cite a ridiculous person who complains on the BBC that they are often ridiculed in public. And that's not nice, but I point out, if you're ridiculous, you will be ridiculed. you, You can't escape it other than by not being ridiculous. And my favorite impossible demand is the one that you just hit on there, which is the the demand that is currently just very uncomfortably in the culture in relation to the relations between the sexes, which is, yeah, women, women are allowed to be as sexual as they want, as sexy as they want, but must not be sexualized. And this, as I point out, is not possible. Now, does this mean that men can do whatever they want? Obviously not. Obviously not. And you see, this is one of the conversations that's so hard to have because somebody always leaps in and goes, oh, I suppose, so I suppose you, you, you're you just apologizing for rape. You know, oh, so, so you think women should be raped? No, there are gradations between total chastity and rape. You know, that's how we're here. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have Skype, we wouldn't have you, we wouldn't have me, we wouldn't have all the nice people watching. It's just chastity. <laughs> but, but 
it's a sort of it's a sort of dementing you know we don't allow ourselves to have this conversation and my point is none of this means that men can do what they want but if a woman is entering the sex game mm-hmm. by being highly sexualized that you know and I'm, I'm talking about the reason i give the Nicki minaj example is because it's it's so overtly sexual mm-hmm. and and i particularly am interested in this video of anaconda i by the way the audible version of my book i read myself and it means that i read I have to read the lyrics oh I read that the is Nicki minaj amazing somebody right. has already put it into a video on youtube and, and cut the music over the top of yeah, it. yeah yeah oh, yeah so I who, need whoever that is Whoever that is, I salute you. Uh, also, to the to the people who are listening, obviously the link to Manus of Crowds, the book on Amazon will be in there, but I'm going to put the link to the Audible version as well so that you have to hear. Douglas, yeah, uh, I, uh, yeah uh, it's, <laughs> it's going to be my party piece, I can see, for the next think? couple of years. Nice. Go on, do Nicky, do Nicky. <laughs> do Nicky again, uh, mate. Yeah. But no, but he, she, uh, uh, the, the, the fascinating thing about this, this, this video, and I just, I talked it over with a lot of straight trends, and uh, I, I just... So what she does in Anaconda is, among other things, it's all, it's all completely sexual. I mean, t- just totally sexual. Just her wiggling her butt and her friends wiggling her their butts and they sometimes hit each other's butts and they sing about each other's butts and their own butts. You get the gist. Yeah. And and then in case none of this has settled in, she then has a scene where she oh, eats a banana, sprays her breasts with whipped cream and licks the cream off with one of her fingers, which is also obviously impossible to interpret. Um, and then there's this really interesting last 90 seconds or so of the video where she crawls on all fours into a sort of darkened room towards a very handsome fit black guy in a chair. And she just does everything in front of him. It's, um, you know, it's, it's not just as it's not, some people say, Oh, it's just uh, like strip. It's a, it's like a, um, burlesque. It's, yeah, it's a burlesque. It's not. She's she's all over his body. This is a thing. It, 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 she's she's wrapping her legs around him. She's wiggling her butt in his face. She's it's a total predatory thing. And towards the end of this interminable scene, the guy you see he's starting to you know, and he goes eventually and touches her slightly on the side, and she whips around and smacks his hand away and walks out and obviously the message of the video that Nicki Minaj is giving is I can do all of this but don't you dare think you can control the game and this seems to me to be a dementing demand a dementing claim which is apart from anything else deeply unfair to men because the whole problem of relations like that is when does the game become about that when does it? Bec- when do we enter the sex business? When are we in that proximity? And and the Nicki Minaj thing is only if I get, lead you all the way there and give you permission all the time, all the way. But if I'm just enjoying myself in a skimpy outfit, wiggling my butt in your face, etc., etc., don't you even think that you still control the situation? I control it all the time. I, the woman. And I think that is dementing and deeply unfair to men and not possible. It's not possible. And it's the sort of thing which our society is really bad at thinking about because we, as I say, we fall into these incredibly basic things. The woman always must do X or the man must always do Y. And 
You see, I think that one of the things that's causing so much trouble in our society is that simultaneously we pretend that we know about things we don't. The trans one is the example I just gave. We just don't know very much. But simultaneously, we pretend not to know about things we all knew till yesterday. Mm-hmm. There is a massive amount of stored knowledge we all have, straight, gay, men and women, a massive amount of stored knowledge we have about what is actually going on in these situations. And it's it's complex, but it's not as complex as we're making it by putting these impossible layers on top. And and one of the just add one other thing, if I may, which is that one of the problems of this, of course, is in recent years, we've been talking about etiquette of sex and particularly sex between the sexes through the prism of Hollywood and celebrity. And it's just should be clear to us by now this isn't the best prism to see these things through it's i don't know it's like trying to work out drinking etiquette from a geordie. football team or a geordie or like it's or a scotsman yeah i can say that you yeah, see, I can yeah say you're that. allowed to say that and uh, I'm, but, I'm i'm in newcastle so i'm allowed to say geordie so right so but you know th- this has become a real problem in our societies because Apart from anything else, I think young men, young heterosexual men, are being told things that are not possible to do and sustain. And, you know, and I, I spoke recently to a friend whose son had just, just left school. I said, and I hadn't seen the son for a while. Friend's a bit older than me. And uh, I said, oh, how's, how's the boy? And he said, good. I said, what do you think about girls? He said, there was nothing to do with them. And I <laughs> said, God. I know. And I said, well, 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 well he's, he's not gay, is he? He said, no, 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 he's not gay. So it's just they're more trouble than they're worth. So it's just he thinks they're a nightmare. And I've come across that quite a lot, actually, because it is it is being made harder than it needs to be made. I think the, the relations between the sexes has definitely got a lot less exciting. Um, the, the, you remember flirting? Do you remember when flirting yeah, yeah, yeah. was a thing? Yeah, it's the same absolutely. as it's flirting's the same as tomboys and emos. Oh. Remember emos? Where have they gone? Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, where yeah, emos yeah. are. I haven't seen an emo in like a decade. I, I don't miss them. I have to say. Yeah. You, yeah, fair enough. But too much eyeshadow. But anyway, you get me. Like you, you, all these things, <laughs> like they feel like fucking nostalgia now. I know. Like, yeah, no, flirt, flirting is an amazing one because there's a load of things. I mean, we just had this, by the way, in the UK today about the ridiculous claims that our prime minister once put his hand on a woman's leg 20 years ago and this is the headline this is the headline on the day we're, we're speaking the number one news item and not like there's much else to talk about in the world is there but you know there's this strange thing where i mean this, the point is this is so complicated because again we keep having this stuff out on that sort of level the former defense minister michael fallon had to resign and like being the defense minister is a really serious job. It's not like agriculture or you know, that transport. Stuff. Yeah, no, but it's not transport. I, I shouldn't. Say, oh my god! I get the farmers are going to be after. Me. I know in a bus. Most in a bus. Yeah. No, no, they're transport people. I don't mind losing, but they're, they're, but, they're, but it's not like transport. It's like you're a defence minister. You you've got part of the control over the nuclear capability. You could destroy <laughs> Paris if you wanted. You you. <laughs> no, but it's a serious job. He's embroiled. And, he's embroiled in touching a woman's leg or something. And 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 he, and and somebody, as it happens, who I who I know, a journalist in the UK, uh, had told the story some time before that he touched her knee at something, and she'd said, 
again, not all women can do this or want to do this. It's not to say this is always good, but this this woman, you know, said, if you keep your hand on my knee, I'll sock you in the bloody face or something. And, mm-hmm. and he took his hand off pretty fast. That was it. That was it. And then, you know, 15 or 20 years later, uh, the story came out again. He had to resign. I mean, it's a, in a way, it's a sort of very British sex scandal. There's no sex. <laughs> um, it's like liberal democrat sex scandals yeah. they're always that like that there's always like a, a fat man asked a, a woman for coffee and she said no and that was it and then he has to resign and that yeah. actually happened oh that actually God. happened with lord Renard. anyhow the point is is that these are people look at this and they think what exactly are the rules and the answer is we're making them up as we go along which is not uncommon but we're making up rules that are completely contradictory and I give the example in the book of like, what are you to make growing up of the fact that you are simultaneously told that women must always be believed? And the most popular book for women in recent years are the Fifty Shades stories where women have rape fantasies. Like, growing up is hard anyway. And these levels of not being able to discuss things mean that people just see these totally contradictory messages in the culture. And I don't blame them for being utterly bemused. And do you know what the solution is? The solution is that of your friend's son, which is just to exit, to just be like, right. do you know what it is? I, I, I can't do any sense making. I either don't have the desire or the capacity um, or the fucking sanity to... Mm spend my time thinking mm. uh, trying to work out where the rubber meets the road to this issue. So do you know what it is? Simpler for me to simply not engage. Right. So um, recently I got asked to do a job for a particular company um, as a brand ambassador. As a part of this, I went on a training course with them and the training course, I run uh, nightclubs in, in Newcastle. Uh, the training course was about uh, sexual discrimination and sexual predation in nightclubs now as a uh, a nightclub operator that's something that is the calling card that you do not want you do not want that that story in your in your venue um and the group that were that were giving the presentation um throughout the whole course there was this odd undercurrent where it was supposed to be equal between what men were doing and what women were doing it was supposed to be that um, every example, for instance, um, would you throw this woman out of your venue if she did X, Y, Z? And one of them was like, lift her top up and expose her breasts to a group of men. And the equivalent for the man was like, take his pants down and expose his penis to a group of women. And in the um, in the bureaucratic elements of it, it was even. In the rhetoric and narrative-based elements, it was exclusively women being the subject of some sort of predation by men. And... <laughs> I, down the road from this, I actually went through the course, then sent an email to my agent and said, I'm really sorry, I I just can't, I can't get on board with this. I think that what they're doing is great, but I'm concerned, I'm concerned about the delivery and I think that it may make me out to be a target which i don't think is is mm. quite right because I, I don't think they've quite got the course correct yet email them and say right. very sorry um but one of the things that i brought up while i was having this big course and it was run by there was i was the only man in the room and i, I think of the five or six women there was only maybe one that was straight 
So there was a, a number of different layers of narrative going on there wow, as that's well. Wow, that's a high ratio, yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, and the, one of the things that got brought up there was about what women wear on nights out. Right. And about how they dress. Um, and mm. I was trying to say, I was trying to be as empathetic as I could. And my empathy is crippling. Um, I was trying to be as empathetic as I could. And I was saying, well, look, like if I had a daughter, I would tell her to dress carefully. That would be the terminology sure, that sure. I would use. Absolutely, absolutely. Dress, dr- just dress carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and immediately there was a quick sort of head snap to the side where it was like, well, why? Well, right. if, I, if I need to explain why, right. then it, I, right. I get pushed down this hill and at the bottom yeah. of that and, hill and the is a bog of bigot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, at the bottom of it is death. You... you um, I mean, here's here's one way I I, I try to uh, try to get to where we need to get to at least in having a reasonable conversation about these matters in wider society is is there such a thing as a predatory female? So I know I learned on that course that there's no such thing as statutory rape as a woman in English common law, right? Which I never knew. There's it's- sexual molestation or whatever the one down from that is. Uh, which would be the equivalent of a man putting anything which isn't his penis into a woman. Um, But there is no, no such thing. But go up, go up a stage from that to just normal interaction Mm -hmm. as it were, non, non physical interaction. Mm -hmm. Can women prey on men? Absolutely. Right. This is stored knowledge that we've pretended we don't have. Everybody knows it. Everybody. And it's, unbelievably dangerous to talk about um this i give the example in the book of the indiana jones films one of the indiana jones films um there's a famous scene where the whole class of sort of very attractive young women all looking moonily at harrison ford and his teaching and and they're all oh the sexy hot you know archaeology guy which is of course completely familiar in real life and (laughs) anyhow he um uh uh, he's giving the class and one of the women one of the girls i mean they are girls really in the class has written love you on her eyelids and it's and she blinks at him so he can see this and i find this fascinating because this again sometimes sometimes it comes up as a meme online still but everybody knew this type it was so familiar as a type that the woman or even the young woman Mm -hmm, mm -hmm making a really overt play for the male. It's so familiar that it was in family movies. Mm-hmm. And what about and, the spinster with the toy boy? You know, and we sort of pretend that these types don't exist. We, we sort of denied ourselves access to archetypes that we pretended don't exist. It's unlearning, really important learning. Uh, yes. Well, uh, because in, in these things, we're in the realm of, for a lot of this, you know, because within the law, as I was saying earlier, there's just we're in the realm of manners, and the manners manners are things that you, you you're best trying to acquire as you go along from other people and learning from your elders and other things. And the elders at the moment are saying, "We don't know what we know. <laughs> we're not passing it on. Don't touch." Good luck. It- figure it out for yourself. Yeah, and and by the way, some of them are men. And you know, but <laughs> that's, no, but, that's the note, isn't it? That's that be PS, be home be home by one. Yeah, but it's just as I say, it's complex. It's complex. 
but it's not as complex as we're making it. What do we do to move forward then? Several things. The first thing is we have to realize what's going on and like just, just get out of it. We have to get out of this. We have to get out of this zero-sum game, particularly the zero-sum game whereby in order for, we think, for women to do better, men have to do worse. Or for gay people to thrive, straight people have to do worse. Or for black people to thrive, white people have to do worse. We've got to get out of this. This is just so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, a waste of individual life. And it's a terrible opportunity cost for a society. Because none of it is fixable, is my view. There are things you can do worse and there are things you can do better, but we're never going to fix it. It, There's never going to be the lovely interlocking nirvana that means that we all move to some perfect state. It's just not the case. So what should we be doing? And this is the really, this is is the thing. And I think that a lot of clever people and particularly a lot of uh, people who've had certain advantages in their lives are helped through this and they know how to get through this era. I give various examples of this, um, uh, the sort of cuttlefish phenomenon, among others. But my point is, is that there are people who've worked it out. And I'd quite like their knowledge that, among other things, a lot of this is bullshit. To be more widely understood, because we need to get out the other side of this in larger numbers. Now, my view is that this is this is because it's partly just something for people to do. It's a it's a lifestyle choice of its own and a hobby and a religion among other things it's worth thinking what 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 should we be doing then if we're not doing this but let me put it this way i mean imagine if we actually solved the identity politics thing which i say is not going to happen and what would it look like it would look like us saying it's great i've worked out where i am in the hierarchy this morning uh, and I'm allowed to speak between 11.30 and 11.32. <laughs> and you do that for some decades, and then you die. <laughs> now, I'm not up for that, and I trust you aren't either. No. Um, now, w- what could we be doing? Well, um, I think we should be hugely ambitious, and I don't have all the answers by any means, but... I know that we should be much more ambitious than that in what we're going to do. I, we have the 21st century ahead of us. We have better luck than anyone in human history. Anyone. Not just anyone alive today, but anyone alive ever. So why would we be wasting our time playing identity quick fix politics? I would submit that we should try to get ourselves off this in order to dream bigger dreams, to do really meaningful things, to not work out what we shouldn't be doing and what we're not allowing ourselves to do and what we don't think is in our lane, but to break out of that. You know, the the, the something uh, um, Jordan Peterson and I and others have discussed a few times in the past has been this strange view of life in this era as if as if the ideal life is to be harmless like harmless from cradle to grave not cause harm at least i didn't emit any co2 and <laughs> i never never upset anyone and i never spoke when i shouldn't have spoken and so on i just 
think we've got to break out of that and say no no the aim of this generation is not to just is not just to be harmless as our highest aspiration it's to be extraordinary to be great to be inventive to be intelligent to be loving to be caring to be great in all of our personal relationships if we can and recognize it will fail a great deal but do as well as we can and then in the rest of our lives be extraordinary and 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 great and do things that people will talk about for generations afterwards and look at with admiration uh, you know we don't look at the great buildings of the past that have stayed standing and and look at them with anything but awe and it, i can't see that in this generation if if our ambition is to look at our navel long enough to believe we've understood ourselves totally and then die. I see nobody standing looking at a statue of that and think if anyone could do that in marble and thinking, those are the guys. <laughs> 2000, so, 2019 so really nailed it, that. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I get it. So, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think that when you think about how much energy goes into these issues, these non-issues, um, and some of the, the, first off, when you think about how much uh, dilution of real issues is done by the non-issues, right. and then right. secondly, when you think about how much talent and cognitive power that could be spent on real, genuine, yeah. lasting, epoch, world-changing stuff. And, 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 just, and just, just, just another one little thing on that, which is, you know, this whole thing of hold yourself back, stay in your lane, timidity, is exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite of what successful lives Look like. are caused by. Yeah, It's not, I wonder how I can make sure I don't veer out of my lane, but how can I burst out of my lane and into the world? Mm -hmm. how, can, how, how can I do something unbelievably meaningful and important to me in my life and that will benefit other people too there's there's an aspiration but it's entirely in contradiction to what we are told so break out of the era i'd say douglas today has been absolutely fantastic thank you so much for coming on um the madness of crowds Everybody who is listening or watching, if you're on YouTube, the link will be in the show notes below. Uh, where can people hassle you if they need to find you online, Douglas? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Douglas K. Murray, and uh, I do have Facebook and things like that. Um, you are not yeah. Douglas Murray 3 on Instagram, mm -hmm. as I okay. found out earlier on today. Oh, that oh, is, poor that guy. is, that is, is a uh, professional footballer at, I think, Washington State, but he's got a blue tick. So There's there's an ice hockey player who shares my name in Sweden. Okay. Uh, because um, I used to have a colleague who used to check when people were saying things about me, and I used to say, I don't really like to know about that. But she, she used to say, oh, dear, what's he done now? Because it would be like, Murray smashes opponent and then grinds him onto the ice and go. Oh, no, okay. no, the last bit goes. No, no, no. It's fine. It's not. Well, him. obviously, my oh, my name's Chris Williamson. So the number of yeah, anti-Semitic uh, accusations yeah, yeah. I've had. But I did I did Love Island about four years ago. So I went oh. on Love Island, um, and I I often post like, oh my, 
uh, my anti-Semitic alter ego's at it again. And one of my <laughs> friends, one of my friends commented on that below saying, I wonder when you get in the press, whether he says, Oh, for fuck's sake, my Love Island alter ego's done it again. <laughs> so yeah, but Douglas, thank you so much for your time. Book's right, fantastic. It's made, it's made a lot of sense to me. I hope it makes a lot of sense to everyone else as well. Um, I hope they enjoy it. Yeah. I'm thank sure you for the time. Been, it's been great. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. It would make me very happy indeed. Don't forget, if you've got any questions or comments or feedback, feel free to message me at Chris Willex on all social media. But for now, goodbye, friends. Yeah.